Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and we recap a different book or movie. And this week we are talking about the Netflix original movie Persuasion based on the Jane Austen novel by the same name. Yes, the movie is starring Dakota Johnson and a couple of other dudes Mm -hmm. and people. They're unimportant. This movie is only starring Dakota Johnson. (laughs) Dakota Johnson will be playing all of the parts (laughs) Uh, so full disclaimer I didn't read the book Persuasion so I know it's like I haven't either yeah it's a it's a classic Jane Austen novel but I am judging this movie as a standalone work of fiction I have nothing to Mm -hmm. compare it to but we also we stand Jane Austen so we do We certainly don't have the irate, crazy anger towards Jane Austen the way Courtney hates Bronte. Because Jane Austen isn't awful and Bronte is. Bronte's only crime is writing a book you hate. Like, I want you to think about it from an author's perspective. If you wrote a book that triggered people... Because of their own issues. Like, think about this, okay? Really. Wuthering Heights triggers you because you got issues. (laughs) No. (laughs) Wuthering Heights triggers me because it is broadcasted. And I think we've talked about this before. Maybe Mm -hmm. my issue isn't actually with Bronte. Maybe it is with the way society portrays Wuthering Heights Mm -hmm. as a romantic book. And it is absolutely not a romantic book. Like, I feel like people reading this, especially when a lot of girls read it, you know, like middle school, high school, and they're like, oh, my God, like, I want this kind of romance. No, bitch, you don't. That is Mm -hmm. codependency. Mm -hmm. You don't want that romance. You want a therapist. Mm -hmm. And like, that's really Mm -hmm. my big issue. Well, see, and so I think this is the time where you could kind of set the record straight so that you don't continue to be haunted by the ghost of Bronte, because I am pretty sure you're being haunted by the ghost of Bronte. Your life has been circling the drain since you made those statements. (laughs) And I'll make them again. I will not be setting anything straight with either of the Brontes, really, even though my issue is only with one. I will not be setting the record straight because it started with her and she wrote it and I'm sorry. Oh Lord. Okay. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I tried. Yeah, it's fine. I've, I've found the hill. I found the hill. Okay. You know what? Let's not go down the Bronte rabbit hole because I I still, I still can't wrap my head around your hatred of Wuthering Heights. But every time I say it, I feel like I trigger you. I see it in your eyes. They get crazier. I'll I'll explain it to you later. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) She's going to have 27 voice memos from me. (laughs) Okay. So this story is set in the 1800s. And as Mm -hmm. we know, this is a tough time to be anyone except a rich white man. Correct. And our main character is Anne. Anne is not a rich white man. Anne is the middle daughter of a rich white man. Obviously, Anne is played by Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson is a lovely actress, very talented, absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. However, 
I have never seen her have romantic chemistry with a lead. And they keep casting her in these like romantic roles when she doesn't seem to want anything to do with romance. I agree. In Fifty Shades of Grey, there is no romantic chemistry there. And that's the only other movie I've seen her in. The thing about her is that she has this very kind of like comedic undertone to her acting. Mm -hmm. So it's like the entire Fifty Shades of Grey movie, you kind of feel like she's low-key making fun of it. Mm -hmm. And this movie kind of has a little bit of that too. Yeah, it does feel like she's making fun of everybody. (laughs) Yeah, which she is. I mean, she is making fun of everyone. Uh, This movie is meant to be a little bit more comedic than... Fifty Shades. But anyways, so there's like a prelude to the movie where Anne is talking about, you know, her ex-fiance that she almost married. And his name is Frederick Wentworth. She was madly in love with Frederick. She just, she wanted to spend her life with him. You know, it was like this whirlwind romance. He was a sailor in the Navy And her dad looked her straight in the face and essentially said, you can't marry no broke bitch. Wentworth had no title and no money. And I'm not saying she's a gold digger, but she's not going to marry a broke white man. A broke white sailor. Yeah, broke white sailor. So Anne's Anne's dad is a rich white man for sure. And they do have like a lavish lifestyle. Like you see their house Mm -hmm. and you could always tell when people are rich in the 1800s because their house has trim and, you know, it has like that ornate, (laughs) like ornate trim. Do you know what I'm talking about? So Anne's dad's a rich white man and he's like, you can't marry a poor white man. She does. She breaks up with Wentworth and it's like the biggest mistake of her life. She hates that she did it. She hates herself that she did it. It is the biggest mistake of her life. She you could tell she's like devastated by the decision. Mm -hmm. Eight years go by and she is not over this dude. She's still fully heartbroken over it. Yeah, she's still fairly heartbroken over it, especially now that Wentworth has made a name for himself. He is a Navy captain. He's very prolific in his career. And, you know, he has some notoriety. He went from being broke to being rich and having a title. And it's really awkward. Like, can you imagine her going back and just being like, oh, hey. Like, just sending him a you up, like, carrier pigeon letter. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so she has been pining after him this whole time. And she, she has this box full of things of his that she's collected, including, like, articles from the newspaper that kind of follow his career. Can you imagine how hard it was to, like, stalk people in the 1800s? Oh, for sure. And she committed eight years of committing, you know. When you think about it just in general, like people lived in the middle of nowhere, especially these like rich people. And so you couldn't just casually Mm -hmm. like ride your little horse and buggy down like past their house because you couldn't see their house. (laughs) (laughs) You're just riding your horse through their front lawn to see if they're home. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows that he's not married and does not seem to be attached to any woman. Which gives her hope. She's like, I don't know, maybe. I guess we'll see if we ever cross paths again. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but also he 
knows why she couldn't marry him. Like, he, I I don't know mm-hmm. if she told him explicitly, like, I can't marry you because you're broke. But, like, he knows why. And he, now he has money and he's never reached back out to her. Yeah. And it's been eight years. So, I don't know, honey. I think that ship has sailed. We know that Anne is mentally ill because she's constantly, like, breaking the fourth wall and talking to the camera right in front of people and, like, no one notices. So that's how we know that she's, like, not okay upstairs. She has classic middle child syndrome. They don't actually see her. So she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, middle children are kind of invisible or they feel invisible. Anne does not have kind things to say about her younger sister. She's like, she's a narcissist. Anne is headed off to visit her sister Mary, who is, to be fair, awful. But I am, like, suspicious of people who just insist that everyone around them is a narcissist. And that's kind of Anne. Like, she says, like, her dad, her other sister. Like, everyone around her is so awful. And she's the only one who's normal. And I'm just like, I don't know. You're also talking to the camera that no one else can see. So (laughs) I don't know if you're normal. Well, and see... I think one, uh, I agree that probably something off with Anne, but everyone else is like obsessed with stuff and money and status and Anne doesn't really seem to be. So the people around her probably do seem like narcissists to her because they care about money and status and she's kind of ambivalent towards it. I mean, so she says, but she also broke up with the love of her life because he didn't make enough money. So I don't know. She did that for daddy's approval. What came first? Chicken or the egg? Well, and see, while Captain Wentworth now has money, um, Anne's daddy has significantly less. Um, it turns out daddy's a big gambler. Doesn't it always happen this right. way? <laughs> kind of what is decided is that dad and older sister, Elizabeth, are all going to go to their their bath like house they have like a vacation house yeah they have a vacation house in bath uk which i've been to bath uk is it nice it is it's a really cool town and they the reason they call it bath is because there's a lot of like old roman baths like actual baths there so there's like these really cool i'll send you some pictures it's really neat (laughs) i'm jealous um, and while her family is going to Bath, they are renting out their larger estate. It's the OG Airbnb. You know what I mean? Yeah. They rent. <laughs> it's like 1800s Airbnb. Like, how do you even like rent out a house in the 1800s? Yeah. I don't. I'm really glad for technology. <laughs> My brain is hurt trying to figure it out. I don't. I mean, everything, just the logistics of everything just feels so overwhelming. It's like, Mm -hmm. what time are they coming? I don't know. Their letter got here a week ago. Their next letter is not going to get here for another three days. You know what I mean? Like every, Mm -hmm. like like the way information was disseminated back then, it just gives me a headache. Also, people didn't seem to ask if they could come visit. They just like sent you a letter saying, hey, we're coming to spend the summer with you. Imagine the social anxiety of not being able to, like, come up with an excuse to get out of something. Because by the time their letter got to you, they've been traveling for three days. <laughs> They're on their fucking way. I know. 
the people who are renting the house while her family is away is none other than Captain Wentworth's sister and her husband. Right. I mean, the sister even tries to hook Anne up. She's like, oh, my brother's single, you know, Captain Wentworth. And Anne's like, oh, I know him. We've met. Because Wentworth's sister is staying at Anne's house, Anne is going to end up... Crossing paths. Touching toes at the dinner table, if you will. Yeah. Anne goes to her sister's house. They are talking about how there's going to be a big dinner up at the estate where Captain Wentworth is. And the sister-in-laws tell Anne... Hey, girl, he's single. You should make a move. And she's like, ha, 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 ha. And then just like reaches for her wine. Is it just me? Or is it weird that none of their friends and family seem to know that they were engaged? And maybe they did know. And they're ju- it was just the kind of thing that they just, well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, nobody seems to know that they were engaged. Were they actually engaged? Like, it kind of makes me wonder if Anne is an unreliable narrator. Like, does she even know Wentworth? <laughs> is she really just his stalker? Like, <laughs> is this going to be one of those Gone Girl things where we hear it from Wentworth's point of view and he just gets mm-hmm. tired of dodging her? I know. Anyways, so Anne's supposed to go to the dinner. Yeah, so... Anne gets stuck um, babysitting her nephew, which I don't think she minds, but she ends up not going to the dinner where Wentworth Mm -hmm. is. However, it seems like her dad's mansion is close to her sister's house somehow. I feel like it's pretty close. At one point, Anne can see the dinner party happening through the window. Yeah, she like looks out the window and yells Frederick's name and then just noodle slides onto the floor. <laughs> because you know how people drunk text? She like drunk shouts out a window. <laughs> I think we should all start drunk shouting out windows for Anne. <laughs> just drunk shouts. Yeah, she drunk shouted, but she drunk shouted and he was right fucking there and just turns and stares at her. Yeah, so Anne doesn't get to see Wentworth. I mean, I've, I'm thinking, and and I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like Anne low-key has a drinking problem. Oh, she definitely has a little bit of a drinking problem. She is a stereotypical wine lush. The next morning, Anne is, you know, she's having breakfast with her nephew and her terrible sister and her brother-in-law, Charles. And Anne is, like, kind of silly around her nephews. I, like, really appreciate that. She acts really silly and cute. She has a bowl on her head, and she has jam over her lips as a mustache. And she's pretending to be Captain Wentworth. And she even says it. She's like, I am Captain Wentworth. I have a boat and binoculars. And she's just being so (laughs) ridiculous. And she doesn't realize that Wentworth has walked in and he's just standing there. And first of all, he's standing there like super sexy, like with his jacket draped over one shoulder and he's holding it with one finger. Yeah. Listen, I have to give it to him. Wentworth. Wentworth is sexy. Okay. He's sexy and sort of like a a scruffy boy way. Mm hmm. Um, But like a scruffy boy who likes expensive clothes. He's like sexy in the in the way of like you're on vacation and this guy is there and he had 
hasn't shaved and doesn't have any money and lives on the street and uh, doesn't own a clean pair of pants. And, Just uh... say he's sexy in a dirty boy way, okay, and get on with it. What's interesting is that Wentworth is like supposedly rich now, but he looks exactly the same as he did when he was poor. Yes. He looks the same. So he he hasn't got he's still shopping at Ross Dress for Less, you know, like he hasn't gotten the memo that he's we rich will now. Not stand for the Ross Slander Rose. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Does it matter that the pants I get from there have one leg longer than the other? No, because I have to hem them both. Does it matter that my cups are two different sizes? No, because my boobs are two different sizes. So it works out. <laughs> Ross just for less for the odd woman. <laughs> for the disproportionately proportionate. <laughs> wow. Did we just get did we just land our first sponsor? Okay. Listen, um, if Ross sponsors us, I swear to God, I'm gonna like piss myself laughing. They are like, we were looking for a rebrand, and this is exactly what we We definitely want to be like the bootleg marshals. <laughs> Lex, oh, Lexapar wasn't biting. All right, we have to move on. <laughs> we can't just sit around waiting. I know. We, we have to move on. We have to move on. You have to remember, this is the first time that Wentworth and Anne ha- have been in the same room in eight years. I know. He looks like he barely recognizes her. Mm-hmm. I wanted some like deep Mr. Darcy angst. I wanted to see hands flexing. I wanted to see jaw muscles tense. But no, Wentworth just kind of looks at her and in front of everyone, you know, they kind of just say, oh, yeah, we used to know each other. And then he just walks away. Like, she's nothing to him. See, Mr. Darcy has jaw flexing, hands tightening. Wentworth, on the other hand, has sad puppy eyes and crooked smile for all occasions. Um, That doesn't count if he always looks like, like if it's his face. You know what I mean? Like, that's just his face. It no, doesn't count. When things get uncomfortable, he gets sad puppy eyes and a crooked smile. I don't know if it's the fault of like the movie or this is why I say I feel like they don't have any chemistry. And I don't know, maybe it was the directing. Maybe it's like they didn't play the right music because literally you could make anyone have chemistry with like a wall if you play the right music. Right. Mm-hmm. But but like there was just no reaction really between them, you know, and like if they had such an epic love, I wanted there to be something I wanted him to even mm-hmm. show like anger or something. At the second invitational dinner, Anne is able to attend and Louisa, one of the sister-in-laws, is being a really good wing woman. She ushers Anne over to the seat directly next to Wentworth, you know, gives her a little wink, wink, Mm -hmm. go girl. Um, And Anne almost breaks her fucking legs trying to get away from this chair. And she ends up sitting on the other side of the table all the way down at the end, like as far as she could possibly get away from him. Well, and they both kind of make a scene. Like it's very Mm -hmm. apparent to everyone at the table that Anne and Wentworth are trying very hard not to sit next to each other and it's kind of like okay what's going on here yeah and 
Wentworth is obviously talking to his dinner companion. He's talking to Louisa, but he makes a lot of jabs at Anne and he knows Anne can hear him. Um, He talks about how I'm glad that somebody wanted to sit in this chair as other people didn't seem to want to sit next to me. It ends up kind of blowing up on in Anne's face because I think she was trying to avoid an awkward moment by sitting next to Wentworth. And instead, she has a direct line of sight to watch him flirt with her sister-in-law, like Mm -hmm. her sister's sister-in-law, the whole night. And it's like even worse, I think. If I got broken up with by my fiance because I was a broke ass and then I ran into her eight years later and she refused to sit next to me, um, I would probably talk some hella shit too. Like, oh yeah, like, I don't don't know. Like, I don't know how to talk 18th century, like 1800 shit. I heard he is rather stank in the nether regions. (laughs) Um, conversation is positively unbearable due to his halitosis. Halitosis? What is halitosis? Really bad breath. I would have just said, he nasty, okay? (laughs) Nasty. Boy got some money, but he ate vino soap. There you go. I'm really sorry. I'm sure Wentworth bathes. Do you know what I do appreciate about this movie? The way that they speak in this movie, they kind of spare us that, like, crazy, like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. people were so long-winded back then. Yeah, no, in this movie, they definitely have a much more modern dialect. Yeah. And the social norms seem to be stretched, you know, quite a bit. Like, race doesn't appear to be an issue in this universe. You know, we have people of all, like, ethnicities. You know what? I I enjoy it, too, because, you know, it's a work of fiction at the end of the day. So it's like, does it really need to be historically accurate? Mm -hmm. Like, let's get some actors, you know, of all backgrounds playing these characters, which, you know, they did. So that's awesome. Yes. Even after the dinner, there's like a cocktail hour, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Anne's just making like sad longing eyes at Wentworth when she doesn't think he's looking. And then sometimes when she knows he's looking. Can I just say he seems positively uninterested in her. And I know you think that he's giving her like come hither eyes, but I don't see it. I, I, I He's not. I hate when we disagree. He's not, why are moms fighting again? I don't think he's giving her come hither eyes. I think that he's definitely giving her, it's sad puppy eyes. He's giving her sad puppy eyes. Courtney, he can't give her what his face is. Like, he's not giving her sad puppy eyes. He is sad puppy eyes. Like, that is his face. That's the only thing it does. When you stare directly into somebody's eyes with your sad puppy eyes, that is giving them sad puppy eyes. Well, then he gives them to everyone, and it's not special. If your husband looked at everyone like he wanted to... (laughs) You've never met my husband. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. I'm like, Courtney, I'm uncomfortable. And you're like, it's just his face. (laughs) Look, he's giving them to the Uber driver now. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's his grandma, and he's okay like that. It's totally cool. Okay. After dinner, they... Like, all the guests go to, like, the ballroom and they start Mm -hmm. dancing. And Anne 
is playing the piano and she has to watch Wentworth dance with, you know, her sister's sister-in-law the whole time. I don't know, dude, like literally push me in front of a horse and carriage before you have to make me watch the love of my life mm-hmm. dance his little heart out in front of me with another woman. And it's all like sexy, only hands slightly waist touching. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? The deep tension. The deep eye contact tension of dancing. The dances nowadays, there's not that tension anymore. I agree. Push me in front of a fucking bus or horse and carriage. <laughs> Set me on fire before mm-hmm. you make me watch the love of my life that got away dancing with somebody else while I play the piano for them. Is no. this not every girl's nightmare, though? Is like you have a breakup with your ex because the timing was wrong and then he comes back and now he's rich and he's also falling for someone else right in front of you? No, I don't like it. No. <laughs> Anyways... Anne is outside running around playing with the children. And I guess they're playing a game called Viva Revolution. <laughs> so, like, okay. <laughs> I dig it. All right. Well, the kids are very lovingly beating her to death with sticks. And then, like, Wentworth comes out of nowhere and he, like, takes the kids off of her. And then he kind of, like, scolds her as though they were doing something dangerous. Like, yeah. And then he just sort of starts to walk away. Hetty, I don't know why you were in the middle of the woods, but like, whatever, we won't question it. She gets up and she's like, Frederick, I don't want you to be angry. And he turns around. He keeps walking backwards, but he turns around and he holds his arms out and says, what should I be then? Mm-hmm. So see, this is, he definitely shows some emotion when it's just them. But he's definitely putting up one hell of a front in front of other people. Right, because just the night before when he was dancing with Luisa, is her name, the sister-in-law, um, he was pretending like Anne was invisible. And mm-hmm. even that night, Anne was like crying herself to sleep, kind of saying to the camera, like, I wish he would show any sort of feeling toward me, even if it was hostility. Yeah. Again, the next day, they're all taking a walk in the woods and Louisa and Anne are talking. And Louisa subtly like, hey, listen, I know I encourage you to go after Captain Wentworth, but like we've been talking a lot. I just kind of like want your permission to sort of go after him because like I think I love him. Girl, it's been a day. Can you settle the fuck down? (laughs) Um, things move really fast in the 1800s. Um, so Louisa, who has spent all but like maybe five hours flirting with Wentworth, uh-huh. she thinks she's falling in love with him. And like, to be fair, she's not asking permission, which I don't think she owes. No. And like a request because Anne and Wentworth are not together anymore if they ever were, because no one seems to know that they were. Um, but Louisa is seems considerate of Anne's feelings. Like she's like, hey, there I I guess something is there between you guys, but like I'm gonna shoot my shot because he's rich and he's hot and he seems into me and I'm not getting any younger. Like calm down. It's been like a day. And Louisa even <laughs> tells Anne, I think I love him. You have to remember though, things cannot move forward in a relationship past 
the dancing and socializing stage until you are engaged to be married. So things move pretty fast. Like you can't kiss the person before you're engaged. No, I, I, I'm really happy that's changed. I am a big proponent for living with somebody before you get married. Because what if the way they do things is like your deal breaker? You know, what if they don't put plastic wrap on stuff before they put it in the fridge? What if they clap when the plane lands? What if their like sleep paralysis demon comes every night? Anyways, so Louisa just was like, hey, like I love him and I'm going to shoot my shot. She kind of walks off. Like, I feel like she doesn't even give Anne a chance to. She was just giving her heads up. You yeah. Know? Which, you know what? Good for you. Good for you. But also, bitch, watch your mouth. Okay? Because that's my man. <laughs> <laughs> and Wentworth and Louisa go walk their own separate way. They take a little stroll through the forest. And Anne has to pee. All right? And so Anne finds this big tree and she's like pulling down her panties and like pulling up her dress a little bit and then she hears Wentworth and Louisa talking and she's like oh fuck what's crazy to me is that Anne picks a tree that's not even like in a discreet location like it almost feels like it's just a tree along the path and she's getting ready to pull out her entire vagina to go pee like girl I would have peed on the other side of the tree that's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you would think you would hide behind the tree, but she's in front of the tree. But yeah, so she overhears Wentworth and Louisa having this like romantic chat by the water. But what they're basically talking about is Wentworth is talking shit about Anne and Anne's family. Yeah. So Louisa is saying how Anne is everything good in the world and she's, you know, light and happiness and. Wentworth is like, you don't know her like I do. Um, she is not. She is just as stuck up as everybody else is. Like in her family. Yeah. And Louisa's like, I will not have you talking ill of Anne. Dude, Louisa, you know, she's a ride or die because even though she's trying to get Anne's man, she's also not going to stand for Anne slander. Yeah. She was like, <laughs> this is a no Anne slander relationship. So if you're going to talk shit about my bestie, you can keep walking. And he apologizes. He's like, you're right. I shouldn't have said that. Well, Courtney, like, I, I feel like we need to appreciate kind of like the courage that it takes for Louisa to stand up to Wentworth because like remember Louisa is trying to land him right mm -hmm. and what did we learn about the 1800s dick was scarce yeah and these women it was like hunger games like all these women were after these rich guys mm -hmm. to get security in life and meanwhile, Louisa is like, no, 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 don't talk about my rival like that because she's also my friend and she's a good person. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn, OK. She was willing to forgo the dick if it meant being her friend's friend first, you know? Yeah, I love it. OK, so Wentworth is obviously like around for a while. Like, I guess his ship is in port or something because he's supposed to be a captain in the Navy. Um, so they all go to meet some of Wentworth's um, sailor friends. And uh, 
there's one guy who's like really depressed. I guess his wife just recently died. Uh-huh. And it's funny because everyone just kind of seems to push and towards this guy like, hey, he's depressed and you're also like kind of mentally ill. Like you guys should talk. <laughs> like, you guys, you guys have a lot in common. OK, so like a depressed person plus a depressed person does not equal a not depressed person. This is not a double negative equals positive. Right, okay. Right. Two depressed people equal two depressed people. It doesn't cancel out. We get the tea at this dinner because Wentworth basically reveals that one of the reasons um, that he kind of became so successful in his career is because he was so heartbroken mm-hmm. that he almost like wanted to die. And he started taking crazy risks and he started getting promoted. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, OK, like he didn't say Anne, but he meant Anne, you know, it was probably Anne and I mean, oh, God, I just hate the fronting. You know, I just hate when people are fronting. Like, she's right there, dude. And they have not had a conversation. Right. They have not had a singular conversation. Mm -hmm. And so the next day, they're going for a stroll on the beach. There's nothing to do. That's the moral of the story. There is nothing. Courtney, they don't have electricity. They don't have television television i don't even think they have radio at this point in time there is nothing to do but go for walks Mm -hmm. that's why everyone had giant calves back in the day (laughs) in the 1800s (laughs) fun fact fun fact if you didn't know everyone was really swole down below (laughs) their calves what did you think i meant (laughs) (laughs) and so they're walking up first of all it's like this huge fucking hill to like this cliffside you would not catch me walking up that shit. Mm-mm. Someone should better carry me because I'm not going. But <laughs> Ayan is in the very front and this guy comes up over the hill. He is dressed very, very nice. Nice suit. He has a cane. He has a top hat. Courtney, the top hat, though. I know. He's the only guy we've seen with a top hat. And I don't know. It was like working for me. I was like, okay, Mr. Top Hat. I don't know. This guy is nice, though. He is. He is. He's a handsome stranger. And Anne almost bumps into him. They have a very short interaction. But there is more chemistry in that interaction than there has been in the entire movie. And I jump ships. Like, I was like, I understand that Anne and Wentworth are supposed to be together. But this guy in the top hat? I don't know, girl. Okay, so listen. I thought this was going to be a tale of the the ones that got away. You know, the you know you you guys cross paths at the wrong time. And then you guys were different people when you reconnected. I thought that this handsome stranger on the beach was going to be. Is the new. Is the new it. Girl, like the only times that I kind of giggled during this movie, like little girl giggled, was this guy. Like the lines that he had and the things that he said. He turned out to be, um, we'll get there. We'll We'll get get there. there. Don't get attached. Um, Don't. But... (laughs) They're on the beach and Wentworth comes up to Anne. He tells her, I've been thinking about you. This is the first time that he has approached Mm -hmm. her directly. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, I've been thinking about you. And she's like, oh, have you? Uh, And you can tell she wants to be like, oh, my God, me too. I think about you all the fucking time. 
and she just wants to spill her guts. Courtney, I thought he was going to propose. Like, I was like, oh, this is the way it happens in the 1800s. Like, they looked at each other from across the room a couple times. Mm. Naturally, the next step is marriage. Naturally. Uh, Instead, he says, I think we should be friends. Sir, I want you to go. Just drown her. Jesus Christ. Just throw her over the cliff. Drag her back on shore, run her over with your horse and carriage. Like, that is cruel. Wentworth goes on to tell Anne that he really admired her and the way she just kind of rushed into things and the way she was so brave. Um, And he said Mm -hmm. that a lot of times when he was in trouble out there on the waters, he would ask himself, what would Anne do? I mean, Wentworth tells Anne, like, that he thinks she is extremely intelligent mm-hmm. and that he admires her and he looks up to her and like all these things that I was just like, I don't know, I'm words of affirmation and I was just melting. I was melting in my pantalones, let me tell you. I thought this was it. I thought he was going to confess feelings and then Anne was going to pull some bullshit like, oh, but Louisa, like, no, mm-hmm. we, sh- we, sh- we shouldn't or, you know, something But instead, he's like, let's just be friends. I admire you. You're so smart and brilliant and wonderful. Wait a minute. Is being friends like sailor talk for something naughty? I guess I could ask my dad, but that might be weird. Yeah, no, definitely don't ask your dad. Because if you find out it's true, then you're going to have to question all your dad's stories where he was like, me and my friends. Anne heads back to the house and she bumps into the handsome stranger again at her house. And Anne kind of apologizes um, to the stranger because Wentworth kind of gave him a little shit up in the um, Mm -hmm. when they first bumped into each other. And so Anne tells him like, oh, I apologize for my friend. He like misunderstood your intentions. Yeah. And the guy is like, oh, no, he um, he knew exactly my intentions. He says, my intentions were construed most accurately. And and if that's not the hottest thing, I lied when I said Dakota Johnson doesn't have chemistry with anyone because she has chemistry with this gentleman. But then again, I think a stool, I think a bar stool would have chemistry with this gentleman because he is fine. Oh, my God, he is. And the thing is, is that like he was like, well, I see you again. And she's like, "Hmm." and just kind of like skips away so this guy his name is William Elliot and he just happens to be Anne's cousin and the heir to her father's estate because women cannot inherit the estate so again like their cousins it just seems like it's part of the dating pool like cousins are Uh a fair game in the 1800s I don't know how close of a cousin this guy is I think he's like a fourth or fifth cousin I don't know how to feel about it, so I'm just going to suspend disbelief for the universe. We're going to pretend like we don't know that it's, they're related, okay? You know what? We're just going to pretend that they didn't take that um, 23andMe exam mm-hmm. and it came back like, wait, Samantha is your aunt? She's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking cousins. Yeah. Okay, so we are taking another walk. Remember, there's not much to do. Another fucking walk. Tell you what, though. Beautiful. Beautiful scenery. Mm -hmm. Um, What I don't understand is why 
and continues to be part of these walks when it's so obvious that these walks are being used as like courtship for Wentworth and Louisa. Yeah. So she has to witness her ex-fiance like falling in love with this other girl. Um, Well, Louisa does a little bit more than falling in love here. (laughs) Um, She's on like she's on like the second to last stair and she just goes captain catch me and she jumps into Wentworth's arms and he catches her Mm -hmm. and he puts her down and he's like oh silly girl and then she walks back up the stairs onto like this like eight foot wall and she's like captain catch me and he's like no Louisa Mm -hmm. that's enough you know don't jump she's like well I'm jumping you better catch me dude I thought she was kidding like I didn't me too I thought she was kidding no, she jumped and he did not catch her. She's like knocked herself out on like hard stone. She hits the ground hard and immediately is knocked out cold. And you can tell Wentworth feels so bad. He's like, oh shit. Um, so they take her up to like one of Wentworth's friends' houses that live in Lyme where they're at. You know, they have a doctor come look at her. Yeah, Wentworth and Anne, they head back because Wentworth has to go tell Louisa's family that she's injured. And it, I like, I knew immediately what was going to happen because you could tell how terrible he feels. And I feel like in his head, he's kind of like, well, now I have to marry her. Yeah. But Wentworth also hints that Louisa's feelings for him aren't really reciprocated on his end. He does. He says to Anne, because Anne is trying to console Wentworth because he feels so guilty and Anne tells him Mm -hmm. like it's not your fault and he says it is my fault like I saw how infatuated she was and I led her on like I encouraged it and I should not have Courtney the amount of trust that Louisa had that this guy that she's known for all of two days would catch her as she fell from this kind of, like you said, it was like eight to 10 foot cliff. I I don't know, dude. I don't trust anyone that much. I don't trust a trampoline to catch my fall. Like, I don't. I don't trust my husband that much, especially if I'm like, babe, catch me. And he says, no, don't jump. I'm not going to catch you. I'm like 99% certain he is not going to catch me, especially if he says he's not going to. You should trust that if someone says, I'm not going to catch you, you should at least trust that, that they're not going to catch you. While they're, you know, on the way to go drop Wentworth off, um, Wentworth asks Anne, he's like, where are you headed now? Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's, I'm, I'm going to bath with my family. Like, I'm leaving. Yeah, this is kind of their goodbye, I guess. Like, because... Mm-hmm. You know, he's only visiting temporarily and Elizabeth is going off to where her dad and her older sister went in the beginning of the movie. So um, Anne's dad, again, is very, uh, what is the word when people are superficial and only care about money? Mm. Superficial and only cares about money. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. There's no way to distill that further. Um, Apparently, they have like very rich, distant cousins in town. And so Mm -hmm. the dad makes a big deal out of all of them going to visit them. Well, when Anne first gets home, the house that her family is living in in Bath is kind of a flurry of activity. They're like, oh, William Elliot is coming for dinner. The handsome stranger with the top hat. William Elliot, you know what? As he comes over for dinner, he 
kind of reveals to Anne why he's there. So they thought it, he was there to kind of scope out um, his inheritance property, you know, maybe marry one of his cousins, mm-hmm. whatever. But he's actually there because daddy, Elizabeth and Anne and Mary's dad, he has been having this sort of a dalliance with this young girl who is one of his oldest daughter's friends. Mm-hmm. He brought her to bath with them. And you can tell that, you know, he's been sort of courting her. And William Elliot says that he can't let that happen because the daddy and that woman can get married and have a male son and then cheat him out of his inheritance. Have a male son. I like how you said that. I meant to say male child, but... (laughs) Uh, A male son, also known as a male child. Um, So I guess it's been probably a couple days since Anne has last seen Wentworth and since the whole accident happened with Louisa. And Mm -hmm. one of Anne's, like, family friends is over and is talking to her and accidentally reveals that everyone is talking about Louisa's engagement to her captain. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how she says it. Louisa's engagement to our captain. And that's how Anne finds out that Wentworth and Louisa are engaged. She is devastated. She goes and sobs in a bathtub. Because showers weren't invented yet. So Yeah. And she's talking to the camera and she says that she always promised herself that like she knew this day was going to come. Mm-hmm. And she promised herself that she would handle it. With cool calmness and dignity. And, you know, it would be the end of an era. You know, like, this This is fine. Instead, she's sobbing in a bathtub. Yeah. There's no shame in your game, girl. No one can see you. No one knows. That's what, mm. sh- you know what? Showers were invented for crying. Okay? Google it. I know you can't Google it, Anne, because there's no internet, but you're fine. Trust me. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Don't Google it, because I just made that up. But you believed me, didn't you? (laughs) A little bit, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. You always believe me when I give you wrong information, so. (laughs) I know. I I never, I always believe you, but I, I didn't feel particularly convincing, so I'd be surprised if you did. Um. It feels like with the announcement of Louisa marrying the captain, Anne sort of resigns herself to like, okay, like now I can go after Elliot with kind of more vigor, with less guilt. I mean, I think her options ran out. She's just kind of like, well... I am I am 28 and I have a little money and no prospects. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she's an old spinster at 28. I don't know how old she is. That was that quote from Pride and Prejudice. No, she's like 27 or 28. Oh, okay. You know, I think Anne and her cousin Elliot have really just been in a courtship, I suppose. They're just really Yeah. And um Anne runs into Wentworth in a sweet store it's like a little bakery Wentworth tries to talk to her and she kind of like blows him off for Elliot I think she's trying to like like I see how how okay you are you know with your engagement let me show you how okay I am Mm -hmm. also yeah right on cue Elliot comes in and he's like Anne it's time to go yeah and then she introduces him to Wentworth and he's like, we're actually going to the opera later. 
You should join us. Dude, Elliot seems to enjoy rubbing his courtship with Anne in Wentworth's face. Like, I feel like he enjoys he enjoys it. It's his crack. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so Anne even tells Wentworth, like, like it's good to see you happy. And she kind of doesn't let him talk. She's kind of doesn't want to hear what he has to say. She's just kind of like, you're happy and it's good to see you happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but I call BS on that. Like, does anyone ever want their ex to be happy <laughs> no no you know olivia rodrigo has a song called happier and it says like i hope you're happy but don't be happier yeah you know like that's it that hits the nail on the head like listen i hope you're happy but i also hope you're a little miserable because she's not me that's so. that's a beautiful sentiment you know it's poetry wentworth comes to the opera and elliot stays with wentworth And like you said, Elliot loves to poke fun at Wentworth about his courting Anne. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, I know that you're busy, but I hope you can make it to the wedding. Elliot hasn't even proposed yet, but he wanted to rub it in Wentworth's face that he's going to propose. Wentworth is so upset because he, I guess, just found out that Anne is about to get married at some point. And he walks out on the opera and kind of chases after Mm -hmm. him. They're on a staircase. All he gets to tell her basically is that he's been offered a position to go off to sea again. And before Mm -hmm. he could say anything else, Elliot comes out like a fucking like ferret just popping out of a hole. Like, oh, you're talking to your ex again? Can't do that. Can't do that. Mm -hmm. Wentworth is like, oh, I was just leaving. And he leaves. And almost immediately after he leaves, Elliot proposes to Anne. Yeah, he's like, you know, I don't know if I made this really clear or not, but, like, my intention is to wed you. He's like, you don't have to answer me now, but, like, be thinking about it, okay? After the opera, Anne is sitting with one of the other sailor guys, and she's having a conversation with him about how women Mm -hmm. love harder than men and how women, like— don't forget love. And she's just kind of, and she knows that Wentworth is sitting nearby and that he's listening. And she Mm -hmm. is taking this opportunity to lay it on really thick. Like, yeah, men move on so easily because, you know, Wentworth is Mm -hmm. engaged to somebody else. And she's just like, basically the thesis of her speech is men are trash. She knows that he is right behind her. Um, And Wentworth is writing a letter to his Naval command officer, whatever, um, about, you know, either, I guess, recommissioning his service or not recommissioning, you know? And then Anne says something about Louisa, you know, like, I wonder if Louisa's going to be okay with him going back out to sea and blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, no, Louisa's not engaged to Wentworth. She's engaged to the depressed sailor. She's engaged to the other captain. That girl whips her head around mm-hmm. to st- like, see if Wentworth is still there, but he's not. But there is a letter on the table with her name on it. Wentworth wrote this entire note about how heart-wrenching it was for him to hear her say that women love longer and harder than men. I'm sorry, how how did he craft this, like, incredible love note while listening to her having a conversation with somebody else? While writing another letter. While writing another letter. 
Oh, he's talented. <laughs> what them hands do, boy. What them hands do. <laughs> he has a pen in each hand and he's writing a serious resignation letter in one hand and then like a, a deep love letter in the other one. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, he just confesses in this letter to being so deeply in love with her and never loving anyone mm-hmm. but her. Yada, yada, you know it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so... Um, and she's like, oh, shit. She realizes that she made a terrible mistake. And so she takes off running. Anne goes and she finds Wentworth. And she just, like, starts kissing him. Yeah, she chases him down. And it, this is supposed to be, like, the big epic thing. They kiss. They have their first on-screen kiss. And it was thoroughly unsatisfying. Factorily. <laughs> you think Unsatisfactorily. so? Unsatisfactorily. I just, I don't know. I just, she didn't have any chemistry with him. She had so much chemistry with the Elliot guy. And their romance felt more like sparks and exciting. And mm-hmm. Wentworth, like, never once smiled at her. Never once I don't know. They're just like, it wasn't it for me. I just wasn't, I wasn't shipping them. Okay, listen, do we not ship them because they don't have chemistry? Or do we not ship them because he's not Mr. Darcy? He is no Mr. Darcy. He was such a baby, you know? Like, yeah, she rejected you because you were poor. But, I mean, you have to bring something to the table, my dude. You know what I mean? Especially back in the day when women couldn't make their own money. What, is she going to marry you for love? Like, you know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it's going to marry for love. Like, that's ridiculous. I really think, I mean, men in that time period, they had to know, right? Like, this woman is out of my league. Like, he can't be mad at her for not wanting to marry him. It pans to a wedding, but it's it's not... um. Wentworth at mm-hmm. Anne's wedding. It's Elliot and um, Daddy's ex's wedding. Very strange. I think Elliot planned on marrying Anne. And then once Anne ran off with Wentworth, he's like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. I can marry this chick. I don't know. I'm so confused. Like, I don't know if Elliot was in love with that girl all along. And that was really the reason he came there was to stop that girl from marrying Anne's father. But then it wouldn't make sense why he was courting Anne to begin with. There's just shadiness there. This is someone's villain origin story. I feel like there is a more interesting story and it revolves around Elliot. And I want that story. It's called The Count of Monte Cristo. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that like a really violent story? I don't know. But that's the first one that came to my head. I feel like it has to do with vampires. But what that top hat do, though, Mm. you know? (laughs) going to pull a bunny out of it for Anne. It's going to pull a bunny out of it. But after sort of the wedding scene, they show us Anne and Wentworth's happily ever after. And they are like blissfully on a cliff in front of a beach. And he's teaching her how to use naval tools. Mm-hmm. It's so it's kind of implied that he's sharing his passion for sailing with her. Mm-hmm. Courtney, on a scale of one to ten, like how satisfied were you by this ending? Listen, you're gonna hate me, but like seven, eight, really? 
This was no, like, I'm sorry, that I, I can't help but compare this to Pride and Prejudice and that very toxic speech by Mr. Darcy. It was more satisfactory than this ending, like him saying, him walking up in the rain and then being like so like, oh, my God, like the chemistry and Pride and Prejudice. Like, that's what I wanted. I wanted that. I am not saying that this is better than Pride and Prejudice because we can all be honest. It's just us here. It's not. okay. but like I wasn't mad. Yeah, I don't know. I so I enjoyed it. However, I was like kind of let down at the end because I wanted something more interesting to happen. At the very least, I wanted him to give his speech to her face. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. The sad puppy eyes really fucked me over here. Okay, Tony, I I see those sad puppy eyes one more time. I'm gonna push him in front of a bus. I am like. I can't deal. How dare you? I have no patience for depression in anyone other than me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, can you get your shit together? I'm the sad one. <laughs> there can't be two of us bitches here, okay? Do you know what two sad people make? They make sad squared. <laughs> sad squared <laughs> on a cliff does not end well, okay? Oh, God. Well, anyway... Listen, whatever. I um again, I don't know how it compares to the book. I I hope and I imagine that the book is probably like really good. But like I said, I'm not mad. Listen, we are really, really hard to disappoint. The ones that have disappointed us will never know because we'll never be doing those. <laughs> the bar is so low. Like our bar is so low. So fucking low. <laughs> That is where our story leaves us. The teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, more is brewing and on the way. We'll be back next week with a new episode. See you next time. Bye.